so uh, just <laughs> for the sake of for the sake of officiality, uh, this is uh, Shane and Rich and Laurel. You guys all know who the fuck we are, so I'm not going to get too formal about it. Um, we just finished talking with the great Stephen Graham Jones, and we had Tracy Robinson for a guest, and you'll get to hear that someday soon, but you don't get to know when now. Um, so, but uh, here we are again talking to you and that's our formal introduction um now somebody save me awesome i'm i'm glad that was our official intro and that stuff we were just talking about uh isn't part of the episode <laughs> oh no i didn't say that i just oh, no, no, sure. you you said that this was the official intro so everything prior is now cut loose <laughs> That's like the official <laughs> intro, you know, where I say, hello, everybody, this is us, right? So, But it's not the yeah. official beginning. Oh, no. That, that, that hey, happened you, like hey. eight minutes ago, buddy. <laughs> hey, man, you know what? I'm, I'm cool with it either way. But, uh, uh, too, that's still it. <laughs> oh, no, I, I'd be cool with it. I don't give a shit. But I think that's still a better intro than uh, the time that I told everybody. Like, as soon as we started, I'm like, good night, everybody. This is uh, Rich Duncan. <laughs> guys. Right. You were just already done. <laughs> so uh, here's something, though. Um, it's not, you know, really a new topic, but it will be to anybody listening to this. And it'll build up a little anticipation. How fucking cool was that? How sweet is that guy? Yeah, oh, that yeah, was that one was of great. my favorites. Uh, Dr. Stephen Graham Jones, he's just absolutely an amazing author. Everybody knows that, but he's also an amazing person, I think. Yeah. And just every time I yeah. think that I'm not going to, you know, learn anything new from him. I mean, just when you think, you, you know, you maybe have heard everything in the way of writing advice. Like, he just had so much. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he filled yeah. He, he gave me volumes of things to think on. Yeah. yeah, yeah, especially like, uh, you know, the whole like we're all world builders. Yeah, and yeah. Even don't, like the uh, music thing. I'm not. Don't worry. I know yeah. what you're going to say. Don't spoil the whole episode. I'm not gonna, don't <laughs> no, you worry. No, no. <laughs> don't you worry. I was just giving that one quote. But yeah, you know, there was a lot of stuff in there that I thought was really cool. Like, you know, even like pretty much even sometimes like some of the more basic stuff like that even i asked you know like he gave such great answers and that's one thing i love about doing this show is like laurel said you always think that you know you you're gonna hear kind of like the same stuff but i think it's just like the approaches of all the authors like how everybody's different like yeah. every week it's like it's basically you know, and this is me getting to brag a little bit and hopefully people don't think I'm a dick for doing so. But like listening to this show or doing this show, I feel like it's basically like, you know, almost like a master's class in writing in a way like you get all these great tidbits from these writers that, you know, I've taken to heart and have helped me a lot. Um, Yeah, I mean, to toot our own horn, I'm more than willing to do so. Um, it if you were to transcribe every one of our episodes and put it in a book, it wouldn't be a super bad collection of writing essays. Yeah, especially if you deleted all of our terrible jokes. Well, and especially, <laughs> since, especially since Laurel joined because she started asking questions like that. Yeah, Laurel's you know, definitely the, the technique thing, you know, where do you know, and all that, you know, what's your process and stuff. We didn't yeah. really used to think heavily about that until you joined. And it's a really good one to ask because that's where the real knowledge comes out of these guys most often. 
Well, know. I feel like you guys, you all always got that information anyways, even if the, the, the specific question wasn't there, because that was, I mean, that was part of why I've, I listened every week anyways, too, is just because it, you know, there was always so much good coming out of it. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, because authors are, you know, just essentially giving people for the most part, you know, and the ones who aren't giving people are also usually not all that good. Um, so, you know, and they're, and they're forthcoming. And you also, you know, you kind of uh, get a sense they want to put that knowledge out there. They want people to have the benefit of um, their their tears and their sweat and blood, you know, because why the fuck would they wish it on anybody else if they don't have to go through it? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And I mean, the encouragement factor, too, like, yeah. it's just, you know, there's there's a lot of times that, gosh, I mean, a writer doesn't need someone else to be down on them. They're so damn down on themselves half the time, you know, <laughs> yeah. being yeah. able to just spit a, a, a story or a novel or yeah. anything out is, is just kind of a kind of impressive anyways that anyone gets that far because yep. we're beating each other up but uh, I, well, not each yeah. other ourselves but i got in an argument with a guy on social media the other day because he started trashing something i wrote and it's like dude you know that every fucking thing you're saying to me is just really running right off of me because i've said so much worse shit to myself recently you just, you just, man, you ain't hitting me any place I haven't hit myself yet. Yeah. Yeah, right. Well, and it's, I mean, some of that's, uh, I don't know. So some of that stuff is just so ridiculous. Some of the opinions that people throw out there, like, yeah. I, this is not, I mean, it's not related, except that it is in the sense that, like, there's just a level of stupidity that I don't respond to. So, like, I've read I've read this ridiculous opinion that like women who've had a C-section aren't actual others. I've and seen it's that. like some people get so right, but it's like some people get so up in arms and offended, and I'm like, I'm sorry, it's just so dumb. All I hear is this ringing in my ear when you speak. Uh, yeah. You know, <laughs> and, so like yep. I, I I'm just I'm gonna hum something that's gonna annoy you, so I don't have to listen to you. Mm. And that's I mean, it's just way way beyond worth responding to because it's just so fucking stupid. Who well, says and that? And see, there's the yeah. thing about that exactly is that. The first thing that goes through my mind when someone says something like that is, I want to rip your fucking head off, but you won't understand why. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you won't feel it because I'm sure that's not where your brain is anyway. Exactly. So your brain is sitting somewhere at the tip of your penis right now, so it's not <laughs> super huge and not super concerning to me. <laughs> yeah. See, I, I was going to say their brain would be on the kind of the other end of that spectrum instead of the tip of their <laughs> be somewhere else. Well, they could probably, they probably have the tips of their penises up their own asses. Anyway. <laughs> well, I actually think it's mostly under their Karen haircut. Is oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah so. A public apology to any Karens who don't suck. Yeah. I, I really hate that for you, that your name got drawn into this whole yeah. just association. And I'm, I'm really sorry about that. <laughs> to, the, to the Karens the world over, we see you. Yeah, the, um, the good ones, not not, yes. not, not yes. the actual, you know. Not all Karens, not like that Karen. Yeah, you get what I'm saying, <laughs> Karens. And not like the, the dude with the... Karen haircut on his pubes either. <laughs> what? Well, she said his brain was under his Karen hair, so you know, if it's in I was the, talking about chicks, but <laughs> okay, gotcha. I was still stuck on the guy with the brain in his dick. So. <laughs> 
But now, now, <laughs> that's that's going to be a thing. You watch. Fit in, so. Okay. <laughs> no, it's just that just brought about so many unwanted. Just. <laughs> <laughs> He's got Karen hair going. Again, he is the manscaper to do it too. <laughs> oh man, those those commercials! I swear to God, they're the worst things I've ever uh, seen. And who was it said it popped up right in the middle of one of his fucking kids shows on YouTube? <laughs> I, it didn't happen to me with like the kids videos but yeah it pops up all the time like on like i'll be watching youtube and it pops up and the guy's just like in this like exaggerate like exaggerated high energy he's like we got these special blades won't nick your balls i'm like yeah (laughs) (laughs) like dude if i ever meet you i'm gonna pull something out and nick your fucking balls (laughs) god Uh, but yeah, because yeah, I'm sure people are like probably going, what the hell? I I don't know if any of you guys have started it yet, but I started Laird Barron's uh, Worse Angels today after uh, I yet. yeah after I tore through the last bit of uh, the Only Good Indians and then read um, the Attack of the Fifty Foot Indian. I'm only like four chapters in, but man, every, every time I read those Coleridge novels, like I know I love them, but like, I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm going to start worse angels. And it's like, every time I start one of those books, I'm always just like totally gobsmacked by how good the writing is. Um, yeah, yeah. There are books that do that to me where it just blows me away, you know? And like uh, the book that we were all talking about earlier, Lonesome Dove, that book is, to, for me, like, like I told Rich, if someone says, what's your favorite book, any genre you've ever read, Lonesome Dove slips out easily. I don't even have to think about that answer. Yeah. It is just, I mean, it's incredible. The characterization, um, just, I don't know, some of the some of the brutality in there is just like, yikes Uh, yeah but if you see the real life story you understand where that brutality comes from and it's horrifying it turns it from a western into a horror story if you know the story it's based on you know (laughs) yeah oh i'm sure well yeah (laughs) (laughs) those guys went through some shit (laughs) yes i mean that's what i always figured is that it was pretty accurate you know as far as that went and uh, i'm just never gonna get over the water moccasins ever I'm like, oh god! I'm terrified of water, anyways. So. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I don't know if it, you've ever had the water moccasin experience. You live in the south, so maybe. But uh, I've had one follow me across a lake that I was swimming across. I think I probably told that. you that. But yeah, that was not cool. <laughs> that, that you're swimming really fucking fast across, right? <laughs> well, I had I didn't know it was behind me. Um, oh, that's right. You I'm, did tell us that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yeah where my dad just decided not to let me know. I mean, I still don't know. Honestly, I wouldn't have been having my kid swim across the lake that had water moccasins. I don't know. As a parent, I'm just not sure what the yeah. right move there was. <laughs> well, and some not dissing your parents at all or anybody in the South, but some Southerners just aren't all that worried about that stuff. Like it, they're so accustomed to the the existence of things like that. 
see that and this is yeah. that actually this is the thing this is what weirds me out and i don't know if it's because i was like i was always the kid who was worried about everything i worried about everything the first time i did uh laser tag i it did not occur to me that they would turn the lights on and there would be lights to the exit i thought i was lost forever oh and no so <laughs> i followed some i found someone to follow and they were on the opposite team and i just kept shooting them because as long as I'm following them, they're like, can you leave me alone? I'm like, no, you're my ticket out of here, but I also, I want to keep shooting people. So hey, I, Laurel, I, see, Laurel's surviving the apocalypse for goddamn sure. <laughs> nope. Last Sean and kill you, but also use you to get out. But Oh, shit, the zombies are going to come and they're going to kill us. <laughs> Shoot them in the leg. Boom. No, they're going to kill you. Bye. <laughs> Could be. That's, you know, I might survive, but it's, it's, yeah, like it was weird. I remember we, I don't know where we were, South Carolina, something on vacation. And we're like going on this bike ride. And then at the front of the trail, it says there are poisonous snakes, uh, you know, fucking like boa constrictors, alligators, bears. (laughs) And there we go. And I'm like eight going, excuse me, who made this decision? You know, yeah. and, and at some point on the trail, there's my dad and my brother way ahead. My mom and my sister way behind. And you're right there alone. Like, forgotten middle child in the middle. I'm like, that for sure is a goddamn alligator over there. Because it's just at that age, you, you expect well, yeah. that people know what they're doing, especially grownups. But at that age, I was like, I'm just not sure that they're thinking this through. Oh, honestly. Yeah, I don't think they really know what the hell they're doing here. <laughs> I just, I don't know. Uh, that's too funny. But no, I mean, it's like, yeah, a, a little defenseless victim walking down a trail ball by herself. Luckily, I was on a bike, so it gave oh, me a, well, you know. You, well, so now you look like you're running. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> you know, like, did, did you guys not see this lions and tigers oh bear, and bears oh my sign back there? You know? Because <laughs> like, if I see that shit... With my kid, I'm going to be like, turn the fuck around. Like, we're we're not staying. We're out. I'm not taking my kid anywhere where this shit is. I went hiking. It, also, though, as a Southerner, you do kind of start to ignore that stuff because there's a there's a there's that sign everywhere. Yeah. So sometimes it's not really a thing. But I was hiking in Tennessee with a girlfriend of mine. And at the front of the trail, it said uh, venomous snakes, bears and deer. And so we're going along and we like, you know, we got just about run down for this by this herd of deer who was running. And I was like, OK, well, that's all right. That's one of them. And then we're walking along and the girl I was with, God love her. That's the only time she's ever shut up the whole time I've known her. I turned around. I was like, shit, something's happened. She quit talking and I turned around. There's a goddamn snake like. Like almost, I mean, I don't want to say standing because they don't have feet, but it's like it's way up in the air, oh. like like almost to like her shoulder height, like stretched up. And they're just looking at each other. And I'm like, I just think that you should move. Like, yeah, if that I, snake starts singing trust in me, you're dead. <laughs> I, I, I'm still laughing because she's like, that's the first time she ever stopped talking. <laughs> I told her that when we were leaving, I was like, I was like, that's how I knew something was wrong. You stopped talking. It was like, oh, this but, can't be good. After after I backed her up away from like the snake charm or whatever, I was like, hey, we've had deer and snake, which I felt okay dealing with, but bears, I got nothing. Yeah, we're turning the wait. fuck around and leaving. That's two out of three. We're out of fucking yeah. options. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure what to yeah. do with bears. But that's terrifying too, because a snake that's it up up like that is a snake that is more than invested in doing you damage. It really is, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. And it's yeah. It's kind it's kinda of, I think I might have told Shane this story and I, I might even have told both of you, but did I ever tell you about like my great grandma and what she used to do with snakes when she uh she lived down in Virginia? No, but this there this is already an awesome story please proceed yeah Yeah, she's pretty hardcore like it's not a very long story because i was told it a very long time ago but um like her and my uh great grandpa i believe they i know my great grandpa did it might have been her too but they both lived on uh the reservation down south in virginia and um like they would have a problem with snakes. And one time my great grandma, she had grabbed one apparently. And then like to, you know, like get rid of it. She, to kill it, she would just crack it like a bull whip. She would crack (laughs) it with her bare hands and then crack it like a bull whip. And it would basically like kill it. Yep. That's, you can kill them that way, but I'm just not quite brave enough. Yeah, me either. When yeah. I heard that, I'm like, geez, I'm like, my great grandma's freaking like metal as hell. Yeah. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> you know, my my big snake story, and it was it's a fun one, was that uh, my mom uh, dated abuser after abuser after abuser all my life, and uh, that's not the fun part. Okay, so don't okay, don't think I'm that morbid. Morbid. Um, well. One such son of a bitch forced me to go camping and fishing with him and a bunch of his fellow drunk buddies. And uh, I brought my friend Timmy along because I knew it was going to be a drag. Um, And they're all sitting around the campfire drunk one evening. And we're up in the hills over, but it's over by the Deschutes River in eastern Oregon. And... uh, we're up in the hills and we find all these little snakes, you know, and they told us watch out for rattlesnakes and that's all golden because none of these fuckers has rattles, you know. So we pick up all these little fucking snakes and toss them in this bag and take them down and think this is going to be a funny fucking joke and dump this bag of snakes right in the middle of this circle of drunks. And uh, they're molting rattlesnakes, very young ones. Oh. (laughs) You've never seen five drunk men scream and run so fast in your entire fucking life. And they left us standing there. (laughs) You guys are like, we told you we didn't want to come. This is what you get. Exactly. Mission accomplished, motherfuckers. Sack of snakes, motherfucker. Yeah. Have a sack of snakes. Yeah. So while they're running away, we grabbed a couple of beers and ran back off up into the hills. Why not? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh man good times good times so everybody is i'm sure enjoying this book talk we're having here we we did talk I, about how I amazing tried. it was to talk about books with a guy that writes books so that kind of qualifies hey yeah um, and i i did try and steer us in that direction with forest angels and then we that's the one thing i love like then we went from that to lonesome dove and then somehow we ended up with uh like ink heists you know animal special yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's just one of those things man we, you know we talked about we talked about uh 
animals of sorts in that other one we just recorded. So, you know, maybe it's just on our brains. Could be. uh, We even talked about uh, snakes. So, hey. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just trying to find reasons for our existence right here tonight. No. No, that's good. But yeah, no, the reason I brought up Worst Angels is because I was going to see what you guys were, uh, what you guys were reading. So did you see that movie? (laughs) (laughs) You son of a bitch. (laughs) I'm actually starting Worst Angels tomorrow. um, And I'm also reading Andrew Cole's Bones. (laughs) <laughs> what about you laurel um i i started devil's creek last night and i am reading um santa muerte uh by cena paleo oh beautiful 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 yes because it is it is latinx uh book month um that's right it is and uh, I've received some really fucking wonderful stuff this month from a lot of lovely, lovely Latinx people. Um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's one of the finest examples that you can mention, though, when you mention names is Cena Paleo. Yes. Yeah, this is really good. And actually, I, I was I ordered this right before her publisher took it offline. Um, so this is this is like the original uh, paperback version of it. Um, oh, I, I has envy. It's it's really good, and you know she. I, I remember her posting some when she was doing some rewrites on it, and, and was kind of down on it. But this is no, this is excellent. It's it's really well done. It's very gripping, and it's very just sort of haunting. Um, and particularly, I'm I'm not I, I'm not someone who reads a lot of YA, but um, it bridges the gap for sure. But it's also something that like I I think it's important for kids that age to read you know there's just some there's just some really really good stuff in here and yeah and that's the other side of that coin is it's not only important for them to read but to read the kind of quality that books like that contain you know get an idea of the the level of literature that's actually available to them out there in the world you know i mean and i'm not dissing anything rich so and take it don't take it that way, but I mean, Goosebumps is all well and good, but uh, <laughs> looks like what Oral's talking about kind of teach you a little bit about what uh, truly important literature is going forward. Goosebumps is is important to you as a child. Uh, Cena's work is important to you as a child who's working toward being an adult. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like for if, sure. If that sort of thing had been available, I feel like that would be something that I would have gravitated towards. Me too. Um, yeah, exactly. Because, uh, like, don't get me wrong. Like, I love Goosebumps. And that was a big part of what got me into reading. But, like, back then, like, that was pretty much, like, it. Because that's what had all the marketing dollars behind it. And, you know, I was young, so I don't know what indie publishing was like back then and stuff like that. But it seems like now you have a lot more choices, whereas like yeah. back then you only had whatever the big publishers pushed toward you. Yeah, yeah. And it's been a slow overtime thing because you didn't even have a term YA when I was a kid. Um, yeah. And they didn't push anything 
kid oriented at anybody because you know that's what teachers were for um but teachers have colossally bad taste uh except for the two that we just talked to they rock (laughs) i think i think it's more that like the ones that have bad taste are the ones you remember yeah you know it's like that one jackass that makes fun of you for reading goosebumps miss dylan i remember you Dylan, you rotten. I can't say it, but yeah. <laughs> hope you're listening, Miss Dylan. Yeah, I hope you, you can feel get... bad. <laughs> yeah. You are bad, and you should feel bad. Also, you are crap at teaching algebra. Anyway. Right, Miss <laughs> Dylan. <laughs> uh, my my uh, my math teacher uh, slash algebra <laughs> teacher was mrs mcmantry and i will never ever fucking per- forget her because she was a rotten human being and she looked like a praying mantis and it was the most <laughs> because every time i called up to her about something i said mrs mcmantis and got sent to the fucking office so no <laughs> it's like, no, this is not cool putting Shane in a class like this. <laughs> you, know, you know, it's funny. Every time, like, we do these solo episodes, I'm like, what should I jot down for show notes? And it's like, listen to Shane and Laurel talk shit about their, like, elementary school teachers. <laughs> Hope well, you're listening, Miss Dylan, Miss Manitz, you fucks. <laughs> but... You know, on the other hand, thank you, Mr. George, for actually teaching me algebra the next year and not being a douche clown. So that's appreciated. We could just, you know, give give a shout out to a good teacher. You know, I don't I don't know why the term the term douche clown just really evokes <laughs> images that, uh, man, I could go on all night and you guys would just have hung up on me hours ago. <laughs> Is he still talking about douche clowns? <laughs> the only person in the world who actually holds any record for the longest amount of hours talking about a douche clown. <laughs> well, jump on that before before everyone right. tries tries to get that record. Yeah, I don't think that's a sword I want to die on personally, but. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> uh, but no, you were saying something too earlier, Shane, when you uh, almost steamrolled me over the books about movies. What movie were you going to talk about? Um, No, actually, I did, was just doing that to try to fuck with you about the. That, <laughs> that, that was the third time that we had just, you know, washed over your whole worst angels thing and talked about something else. So figured, let's see how long it takes until he realized we're fucking with him. Not, <laughs> no, I did, but it was actually a pretty good segue. Well, but actually, though, it does make me think about that amazing fucking Irish movie that Laurel Hightower recommended to us and wasted an yeah. entire night of writing for me. <laughs> yes yeah let's talk about it i love that movie i love talking about it uh you you lead laurel because it was your quote discovery and it's a beautiful one yeah so if you if you didn't catch uh the episode of necronama.com that we kind of broke this down it was it was it was good it was really fun breaking this down but the movie is the eclipse not eclipse and i'm not hating on anybody <laughs> who watches twilight but that's not what i'm talking about um i yeah. am but that's that's otherwise. 
well, that's a whole different conversation. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, this is, it has, oh, I'm always going to mispronounce his name. Is it Kit, um, Heinz, uh, Ciaran Heinz? It's a Gaelic name. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, it's, it is. Uh, thought, we talked about him the other night because I really love this guy. He's an incredible. You're talking about the playwright, or yeah? Oh no, uh, the actor, the actor. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I can tell you real quick because I really want to know. And I just searched that last night, so it pops right up when I start to type it. <laughs> um, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. The guy that played Michael Farr, C.R. and Hines, and I, I'm sure I'm massacring that, and I'm Irish, so you know. Uh, I can tell by one of the funny little hyphen thingy notes angled, you know, little pieces of dirt above one of the letters that I'm saying it wrong. But uh, everybody knows what I'm talking about, Rich. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> yeah. No, I do. <laughs> um, I thought that him and uh, the woman who played Lena and I will not try to pronounce either one of her names. Um, they were brilliant, I thought, yes. in that film. Yeah. 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 It was such a just an atmospheric um, film and and just so I mean, I would I would still classify it as a horror movie yeah. uh, because of because of some of the elements in it. And yeah, for real, like my my main advice to you on this, if, when you watch this, watch it when you're not going to be interrupted, when you can keep your attention on the screen. Absolutely. And I'm, yeah, I'm really sorry about all the times you're going to jump behind the couch or, you know, yeah. screaming. <laughs> yeah, you know, take a nice, nice, quiet ride in the car. Or, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, in, in, in any of those times, yeah. Yeah, and it's uh, it's uh, directed by a guy named Connor McPherson. That's the guy I was trying to think of, who is just a fucking brilliant playwright. And this movie makes me think, had it been a passion of his or it, you know, if it ever becomes one, he'll be a fucking great filmmaker, too, because he already was as far as that one went. Yeah, well, it's interesting but, you say that because uh, we were we were talking about that earlier, about like how we were surprised he didn't have more movies, because I think it was like, would you say 2010 it was out or 2009? Yeah, yeah 2009. I think it released in the UK in 2010 here. Yeah, and that was like his only movie, which I was surprised because I loved it, like the atmosphere, like you said, and it was just beautifully shot. Yeah, and I, I mean, we talked about loving those Irish, you know, yeah. those Irish horror films. But here's the thing about the Eclipse that really impressed me, and it's a, it's kind of a stupid gauge, but I normally fucking hate a good love story. Um, but that had some nice romantic elements into it that really, really brought heart and soul to the whole thing, you know, plus one of the most, uh, uh, amazing personalities in the character, Lena, I just absolutely fell in love with that character. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And like, I, you know, I, I will preface it with this as much as I loved it, like if, you're not into kind of character driven <laughs> stories or, you know, stories that are a little bit more of a slow burn, then it's probably not something I would recommend to you. But like if you if you're not necessarily looking for something like, you know, completely crazy or over the top. Yeah. And you kind of appreciate like a more character focused thing than necessarily mm -hmm. like, you know, OK, 
okay, what's the scary thing that's happening? Yeah, it's definitely character for it's it's really driven by um, character and story and yeah. you know um, and yeah, it's dark. There's some good scares in there. There's yeah. a scary story going on in there, but it's it's the characterization and the control of the story that make it and and also kind of make it obvious that the director is a thespian yeah um at least yeah. to me and i want to go back and read uh the play that it's based on um because it's just I, I don't know like so the depictions of of grief in that were were just so <laughs> yeah just heart-rending mm-hmm. you know that's yeah that's what what caught me as i'm watching it well, first, what caught me is that I had been watching it for about 20 minutes and didn't know what was going on and had to go back and pay attention. <laughs> um, so Laurel's right. That is important. Uh, yeah, but then, yeah, the, these uh, what made me interested in going back is that one of the first scenes that was just so fucking intensely emotional that I'm sitting there watching a horror film with tears in my eyes. And it's like that does never happen. You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, or like, maybe mean, like Thelma did that to me, and that's about it. But it's all what? It's all earned, you yeah. know. Like it's just not, it's not manipulative yeah. at all. Um, and it's. I told uh, David when we were watching this, I got so frustrated with it. it was some uh, Ashley Judd movie? Um, that, and I like Ashley Judd, but I forget what movie it was. It was just so campy. It was so. Uh, just you know here's how you're supposed to feel it was just this like oh you know she she immediately sits down in the closet starts looking through a a photo album and crying and i'm like okay fuck off you did nothing to build character here we don't know you know why do i care that you're crying this is annoying who gives a fuck Um, yeah yeah. whereas everything in 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 the eclipse is so subtle yeah because that's what he does right out the gate is that that's the first thing he does is he starts building putting in little building blocks that work on the process of making you care you know so that yes. by the time the real hardcore heavy hitting emotion starts coming through you actually give a damn about that you know yeah mm. and and michael's reactions to things seem um yeah. just they're just very real you know exactly exactly um yeah i i'm just totally and totally totally infatuated with that film um, yeah. And another one I mentioned to Laurel last night, just because I don't want to forget this, because uh, Laurel will, or Laurel, the other Laurel, the one with the penis here, um, Rich, will, <laughs> will heavily enforce uh, what I told you about that uh, um, Dead Men's Shoes. Oh, yeah. Oh, dead Men's Shoes, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was so lost at first. I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) (sighs) But yeah, taking advantage of your your uh, tiredness. Oh, no, I'm not. I'm not that tired. But I was just like, wait, what the fuck? But yeah, Dead Man's Shoes is an excellent one. Um, Because, yeah, because you were talking about that. And then you were also talking about the horseman. And I got to admit, I'm a little bit fuzzy on most of them because, like I like I, I said on another episode, like we watch so many movies. Yeah. But uh, those ones, those ones definitely resonated, especially yeah. Dead yeah. Man's Shoes. But, uh, but in a way, OK, when you think about it, this is weird to me. And that is 
I don't know that there's any other movie I could say. I watched this really splattery grindhouse movie, and it just fucking broke my heart. I mean, because, like, yeah. The Horseman isn't one that uh, David would watch with Laurel, and she'd still have a marriage afterwards. <laughs> um, but it is the, the guy that plays the lead role, and that is so convincing in his emotion, and he's a heartbroken motherfucker, you know? <laughs> And, yeah, but he's also a, a revenge-driven motherfucker, and he's really, really good at it. <laughs> well, you know, those revenge movies, when they're done right, and especially when yeah. you see him at the right time in your life, you're just like, "Fuck yeah!" Yeah. And this guy is—I won't go into any more detail than to say, because we all know what it's like to be a parent here. This guy is a grieving father, and he has a bone to pick with the reason sure. why he's a grieving father. Oh, yeah. Everyone's dead. Yeah. Slowly. I mean, he shows that's what made it such a harsh film for me emotionally is that he showed me the kind of pain that I know I would be feeling in that same situation. You know, (laughs) it's like so it was both awesome to watch and really hard to watch at the same time. But that brings me to a question, actually, that I've been kind of pondering, which is, is there anything and i think this is interesting in particular with horror is there anything that you wouldn't write about for that reason that you would have to turn away from writing about huh um wow you know there's yeah i don't know there yeah there are some things there i and i don't know that i can even talk about them on the air i'd talk about them off the air with you guys because you're my friends but I have some personal things that have occurred in my life that I wouldn't be comfortable writing about. Not yet, anyway. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Rich, yeah. what about you? I Yeah, I can, I can kind of see that. Because, yeah, there's certain things that, you know, would be kind of uncomfortable. And I think, too, like, it kind of depends on kind of, like, what you're writing about, almost. Like, I guess, like, if you're... Like, there's certain things that I wouldn't write about, and, like, I wouldn't read about. Like, I won't mm-hmm. say the book because it's an author that I do enjoy, but, yeah. like, he came, he had written, like, a certain book, and, like, I was willing to give it a try, even though it was, you know, it was listed as extreme, to be fair, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I started reading it, and then I was like, nah, I you know, I hit like a certain point and I'm like, I, j- I can't do this. Like, yeah, this I have is, one of those. <laughs> this is uh, too much for me, which, you know, I've seen all kinds of movies and all, kind, yeah. all kinds of books. But I was like, no, this this isn't for me. I I can't I can't deal with this. Well, here's the thing about that, too, though, is that there are things I mean that. All right. OK, so. uh J.F. Gonzalez wrote a book called Survivor. We all have yeah. heard about it, or in, and at least two of us have read it. And it's all full. I mean, if you say, is, are there any triggers? Uh, the book is a fucking trigger, you know. Yeah. But there's, it's full of exploitation, but every single piece of it is for story. It's not to shock you. It's not to knock you on your ass and go, ooh, gross, that's disgusting, give me more. It's a... You know, oh, my God, I can't believe this person is going through this shit kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I I totally agree with you on that because I had read that one. And, you know, 
I never really thought of it like that, but like I didn't really have any problem with uh, Survivor, probably for the reasons you mentioned. Yeah. And the other book that I was referencing that, like I said, I don't want to say because like I've read other stuff by this author and I've enjoyed it. Um, but this one just that particular one wasn't for me. Yeah. Um, like it kind of has like the same kind of like thing, like the one, like there's similar things in survivor that didn't bother me, but there was things that bothered me about that other book. Yeah. So yeah, I, I can totally see that. Like, yeah, I can. Yeah, there's some stuff that's just like a little too, uh, yeah, a little too far for me. <laughs> you know, an interesting thing about that though, Laurel, to expand on my answer to you guys, um, is that there are things that I wouldn't write about in fiction, but a lot of a lot of pain and suffering and emotion can be abstracted in poetry. So I can't honestly say I, there's anything I wouldn't write about there. Um, you just might not know I was writing about it when I wrote about it. Well, that makes sense because it's almost like like holding up multiple mirrors to see it in diluted reflections or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it also doesn't make you feel like you're making yourself so vulnerable because you know that you're really the only person who's going to look at this and go, oh, this happened to this poor fucker, you know. And yeah. that's not something I like for people to do, you know. So. Yeah. That I mean, that is hard. That that is really hard to to make yourself vulnerable to put something you know that personal into something yeah. that, that other people are going to read. Yeah. Yeah. To be honest, like I put out a poem the other day that you know about. I expected to get eviscerated for that thing. I was terrified. You know, because it dealt with a a social subject that is a pretty hotbed subject with both genders. You know, or at least the good side of. Um, you know, at least, you know, females and then the rather bad side of the other gender, you know. Um, and I expected people like that to come out. So, well, I'm I'm glad they didn't, though. Yeah, I mean, I'm I, glad that's, yeah. I'm disappointed fucking come at me <laughs> in that situation, you know. <laughs> you, you were all ready to fight, weren't you? <laughs> I was. <laughs> it's like, I'm geared, man. I, I get another opportunity next week, so. And that's uh, something speaking, so we do not forget, because we did not do it before, and it would be too damn late by the time it aired anyway. Um, we have something special coming to our website on Wednesday. Uh, tomorrow, actually, by the time you listen to this, very, very, very special and very near and dear to us. Uh, and I will let Laurel tell you that because it's her gift to you. Uh, yeah, it's a it's it's a short story. Um, I don't know how much you want me to <laughs> to go into it, but just that it's a uh, it's called um, "Though Your Heart Is Breaking." And it's one that I wrote um, kind of in in response to a thread, actually, that was that was started by Gemma Amore um, and that a lot of women in the horror community kind of contributed to. So I'll probably be a little bit more specific about that when we post the story. But it's one that I'm really excited to share. And I'm really excited that uh, that Inkeist is willing to host it on their site. And we are, too. Um, we're too ha- excited that you um, gave it to us. We tried to talk you out of it, and we're glad you're <laughs> fucking stubborn. You know. Yeah. Um, and 
I, it's important. I said a lot of this stuff in that piece I wrote. You can go to Inkheis and see what I think about this story because I, I wrote what was basically a mini gushing review about it. Um, but uh, yeah, this thing is uh, important. It it came from uh, someplace deep inside of the author, and you can tell that it did. You can tell it's important to her. I haven't talked to another reader who's seen it that doesn't think it's important to them. Um, and it'll be important to a lot of people. And the same thing, you know, a bunch of people will love it, and there will probably be some who hate it. And, uh, yeah, come at us. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, and kind of going off that, like you said, I, I had the same reaction to it. I loved it as soon as I read it. But, um, like, you always talk about, like, the great thing about horror stories in general is, like, that they kind of, you know, shine a light on certain aspects of things that are going on in society. Yeah. And that kind of that make you feel something like like yeah. whether people agree with it or you know even some of those people that like we said we hope we get their reactions so we can tell mm-hmm. them they're stupid <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but you always want that kind of reaction and that's like the mark mm. i think anyway of a great story is something yeah. that kind of opens up yeah. that kind of discussion and i really yeah. think that this story does and something that comes from under your skin, too. I mean, it's, it's a story, yeah. guaranteed it's a story that only a woman could write and convince me. I have no doubt about that in my mind. Um, and some other, you know, marginalized people probably, too, but especially women um, with what, you know, is covered there. And that's important, too, is that there are some stories that can only be t- told by the people who've lived those stories, you know, unless you've walked in the shoes, you just really got to kind of shut the fuck up and listen to the people who know what they're talking about. that's, That's something that is just so important right now as, you know, in particular with like the own voices movement. Um, yeah. Which is something that, you know, I feel just really strongly about and, uh, it's just made more evident all the time. Every time you read, you know, stories from people with different backgrounds and cultures and affiliations and, um, you know, just all, all of these sort of things just make up who we are and no one else can write that story and no one else should be trying to take it, you know, and write it because you're just, they're, they're just going to get it wrong. It's, it's not going to be the right thing. And none of that is meant as censorship. None of that is meant to say, that anybody can't write whatever character they want to. No, um, no. But, you know, just to kind of address some of the things that people, and, and I get why people sometimes maybe have a knee jerk reaction to that feeling as though they are personally being criticized or, um, you know, that, that, uh, yeah. that they're being censored or muzzled in some way, but it's like, you know, the, the way that I look at it um, is if you think about the most personal story to you and, and I don't care if you're not a writer, you've never been a writer, or you still have a story. Everyone yep. has a story, at least That's one. Right. And you have something yeah. that you feel personally about that is yeah. your story and only you can tell. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you have someone who's not even equipped, has none of the same background, knows, can't possibly know anything about it, who comes and says, I will tell the story t- for you, yeah. you're going to yeah. want to punch them somewhere painful. That's yeah. right. That's right. Well, and that's like I said, did I say it to you? So I said to someone maybe just on Twitter last night is that um, some a lot of things I could co-write with somebody. But when it comes to like writing poetry, I couldn't do that because it would feel too much like 
people were touching things very personal to me that they had no business even, you know, thinking about really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's kind of the same thing. It's a uh, you know this is th- this this particular experience is my experience, and only I get to tell what that was like, whether I do it well or poorly, you know. But yeah. you have to admit your boundaries too. I mean, because like you said, anybody can write any character they want. I'm writing a woman, you know. Um, I'm terrified of that. I won't lie about it because I also know that I'm not a woman. I'm a dude who's lived with a lot of women and have really good women friends I can ask questions, but I'm not the guy who actually is the authority on the story. I'm the guy who can write the story I'm writing, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. And, And I mean, it's, you know, it's one of those things like you can write characters of people that you know. You know, I mean, you've met women, you're familiar with women, you you listen to women and you know enough about them to create a woman. This this is a woman that you have created. You know, this character is your creation. Um, If you were a dude who just lived in a monastery your whole life and tried to woman write a woman character, I I mean, okay, you know, but it's it's probably not going to come off great. But but more likely what we see a lot more of is is uh, and I, I don't even personally see this a whole lot, but. When you see a female character that's written by a man who clearly has no respect for women, um, you yeah. know, and and there's a lot that's being said about the the focus of the male gaze. You know, you've got a female character who's just checking out all her friends boobs and that's the first thing she thinks about. It's like, eh, nah. you know, I don't I don't think you're you're really thinking about a woman as you're writing this. Yeah, you're thinking about dudes when you think shit like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, and even then, not not even all dudes, just, you know, the majority of kind of douchey dudes who don't think with anything else but that part. But yeah, or who don't, I mean, who don't think don't of women as, uh, yeah. you know, as, as, as a separate autonomous person. I, I, re- I mean, and I realize that you should just never look at the comments in right. any, anything no, ever. No, no. Because, no. man, I said that, too, to you the other day, is that men think that's their fucking birthright. <laughs> you know i mean it's, but it's not i mean that's the big thing is though it's like i really don't even think it's the majority of men i no, think no. it's i think it's the the chosen few douche canoes you know mm-hmm. who I just agree. end up being the vocal ones i just remember like seeing uh you know in some message board it was like something about feminism or something and this this guy says well listen i'm a feminist i mean i think women should be allowed to have jobs and all and i was like my god you think that's what it is <laughs> yeah like i just swallowed my own tongue and choked to death because yeah. that's what you fucking think that yeah. you that you get to allow so, you know i just like there was so much wrong with it that i had yeah. to just go write a ditty to sing to myself to not be annoyed because um, what the fuck yeah i appreciate your i like admire rather your approach because my approach is to wait yeah. right in and get red mine has been in the past before but also i am not a person who likes feeling angry you know i it's an unpleasant feeling and it's not escapable i'm a human but i've tried as i've gotten older to seek out ways to minimize that to try not to waste time on it and um and i but i do think that writing is something that just really helps you kind of channel that stuff and um work, and work shit out too yeah yeah absolutely um at least for me it does it helps it's kind of sometimes 
especially now writing is kind of my counselor you know yes except for it's my counselor can be a major fucking downer sometimes too and i'm (laughs) thinking about changing to a new one (laughs) (laughs) well rich uh what's your i mean any thoughts on this i know you've you've actually been kind of ramping up your writing lately yeah oh as far as like writing stuff yeah i actually had a pretty good day today um like i always feel like like i think i was telling shane this like i hate like mentioning word counts because i feel like it's almost like a jinx where i'll like lock myself up and then not do it anymore (laughs) but yeah embrace your superstitions man (laughs) yeah yeah so like i don't want to say but uh like the vanishing story that like i've been talking to you guys about i i worked on that a little bit today and got a decent decent amount in there and i'm not sure how long it's going to end up being but uh i think it's i think it's going to end up being a a longer piece more than a short story yeah and we're going to go into we're also rich and i are going to um get back to work on the witch yeah story I was oh, just about awesome. to Sweet. Yeah, I, was, I was just about to say that. Yeah, I mentioned it last night. Um you know, now that I'm back on my fucking meds and I'm not a dick anymore, I I told him I want my story back. And uh <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, which you know what? It's kind of funny because I was I was thinking about like cuz we've been kind of like teasing it and we we kind of did this with Patrick. I don't want to spoil his show. But, uh, like, I'm really excited about it because, you know, and it it was one of those, like, ideas that was kind of, like, basically batshit insane Mm -hmm. and, like, something that you and I kind of, like, thought of at, like, two in the morning, like, or one to do. Kind of like, kind of like I was sitting here stoned and drunk off my ass. (laughs) And I said, hey, man, what would you think of this kind of a monster? And, and yeah. guess what he would have to eat to turn into that fucking thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I was pretty excited about it, especially because like uh like the little the like you had written some of it already. And yeah. that I, I love that part. Especially like the name. I don't I don't want to spoil like anything about it for anybody since, you know, we haven't really started it. But I, was, I, would, like, I would spill her name, though, because she, it's a name I stole from one of my one of my really, really dear friends on as far as dear friends you've never met go on Twitter. So yeah. well, um, I'll I let you that, spoil it because I, I, I don't that know name from uh, Mahita Bell, <laughs> Wilson, who goes by Bell. But yeah, her full name Mahitabel, M E H M E H I T O B E L, and it just seems like you know that's a fucking witch's name right there, man. <laughs> She's got to have that name. <laughs> so I didn't ask Bell because that way she can't say no, and you know I'm sure other people have been named that before, so it's mine ours <laughs> <laughs> but yeah we're taking a different approach to it too because uh i discovered approach an approach that i know rich can work with i think um based on what i've heard you guys talking about and uh one that i know is working for me on something else right now so and 
that approach is courtesy of one of the most awesome friends either one of us has ever had. So, so, and I'm fucking yeah. talking about you, Laurel. So, say uh, I, I didn't want to say anything. I thought it was implied, and I was, I thought she would just jump right in there. I but. figured it was Mahadabel again. I wasn't going to just <laughs> jump in and take someone else's credit. <laughs> I was like, man, she sounds like a cool chick. She's got an awesome name. She's got this great process. I want to meet her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, sounds like she really rocks. Wait, <laughs> me? <laughs> yeah, you, I, I thought, see, I'll, I'll say I thought Laura was going to, I thought she was going to jump in and take the credit because of the process thing. Because both yeah. myself and you have been like, oh, we're panthers. We just fucking jump into this shit. And then... <laughs> Like, and then I'll kind of spoil it a little bit. Uh, the thing that I'm doing with Laurel, we have kind of like a call and response outline thing. And that's kind of like what we're referencing, both Shane and myself. Shane's writing a story. I don't want to give away anything about it unless he wants to share it. But I'm pretty excited to read that. Um, we, we all were like, you know what? This this uh, this kind of like outlining process isn't so bad. <laughs> And then we're like, so we shouldn't bad. tell Laurel that. <laughs> it helps her. It, but the thing is, is that it's really, really similar to the process that isn't a process that I've been following, which is just to sit there and write notes and write notes. And every time something comes to me, write another note and then go back and look. And if it doesn't fit with the flow of what I'm thinking anymore, I scratch it. And if it's something I want to keep keep on going with and expand on, I start writing more notes on that thing. But it's chaos. And then yeah. Laurel showed me her much more and much more organized form of chaos, and it's like, okay, I could probably embrace that much organization yeah. without losing my fucking. Yeah, mind. I was the same. I was the same way. Like when I when I saw kind of how she does it, because when I think like outlining a story. Like, I think about, like, how my social studies teacher taught me how to write an outline in eighth grade with, like, okay, you do a Roman numeral one, oh, right, write the thing, and then an A, and then a B, and I'm like, well, no, fuck that, because... Yeah, you're basically writing this, basically writing this gigantic fucking convoluted yeah. mind map. It's like, dude, I, I fucking graduated, like, a long-ass time ago. I, I don't need to be doing that. But then when I saw how she did, I'm like, you know what? That, you know, not only is it helpful, but, like, it kind of helps you, like, even kind of develop yeah. your story in a way. It, it does. Like, well, nice. For me, in, in a big way, it helps you with yeah. that. You know, and pr people will probably get tired of us kicking this horse but um, <laughs> hey everybody likes to kick a horse every now and then so yeah. um and it's a good one to kick if you're gonna kick one uh but i we won't go into long detail about what she does but it works for me um or it seems to work i can't say works for me i haven't published a goddamn thing yet but <laughs> yeah. <it> feels good <laughs> yeah. me either <laughs> i'm glad that i have managed to roll back the uh negative associations with outlines that are created by unsuspecting English teachers everywhere. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. One of these days, though, I want you to show me if the, you're doing the same thing or something much more complex, like with whispers and things like that. I want to see. Oh God. Whis okay. Well, and see, this is, this is why I developed this process is because I used to just 
put it all on the page and follow my ideas and let the characters drive. And it went so many fucked up places. And <laughs> these, these are questions that people who beta read for me used to ask me. And I'd be like, I don't know. But it's a lot easier if you can just ask yourself these questions. Yeah. Because, yeah, yeah. you should probably know who the bad guy is in your own book. I'm just saying that's a starting point. God, fuck, I hadn't thought about that part yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still you know, thinking about who the fucking good guy is. <laughs> I haven't even decided how many goddamn dogs there are in this story yet. <laughs> well, we can at least give Laurel her new nickname. She's the patron saint of outlining. Oh, I like that. RBF. uh <laughs> RBFRIP. That nickname's been retired. <laughs> no, but no. I'm, keeping, I'm, keeping VM, I'm keeping VMC. RBF VMC, and I'm just going to add that to it. Patron Sane of uh... It's uh, Patron, patron Sane of Outlines, is that what it is? So, yes, yeah. I will. Oh, I'll accept PSOS. That. Yeah, R- I like it. I'm getting business cards done. I'm getting business cards done. It's you know it's fortunate that S is in there between that O and that other S though. <laughs> PSOS would not be a title you wanted. You know what? I would embrace it. I'm okay with it. <laughs> I've been embracing it all my life, I know. So. <laughs> oh, you guys, if this episode sucks, we apologize, but I think the three of us are having a grand conversation that needed to happen for a while, so hey, cool. Yeah, I I thought it was pretty cool. We are ap- we are one hundred percent happy that you guys listen to us enjoy this. Yes, absolutely. We we <laughs> for sure. <laughs> we appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, so for you know the half of you that's left <laughs> because you've already started consuming your own flesh rather than listening. <laughs> you know, that's kind of what's funny about some of these solo episodes is like, we'll have these really deep, like resonating moments and then just moments of like utter shit, like insanity. <laughs> Like, like people uh, are like why do i even listen and then we'll hit them with like a nugget where they're like wow that's great and that's why they stick yeah. around yeah. so we should, uh we should ask them that question actually yeah what's that what well, question how would you phrase it well now it sounds bad why do you stick around why do you guys even listen <laughs> it's not quite where i was going with it but now that's how it sounds so Anyways, we're glad that you do. I don't mean that's yeah. confrontational. No, hey, what, what the <laughs> fuck are you people all doing here still? <laughs> you guys, I think someone's listening to us. It's like, it's God, creepy. get a fucking life. <laughs> no, please don't. Please no, don't. don't. Yeah, please we don't like us. people with lives because then we have no one to call. <laughs> yeah. um, I hear that, John. You know, we don't, if we don't find someone with... with out alive, we end up talking to Todd Kiesling and Half Chub for the rest of our eternity. So that's actually I'm fine with that. I still want to have a show with both of them. Yeah, yeah. wouldn't that be fun? I think them and Taff, bring them all in and just get <laughs> fucking hammered. We Todd, might not even have to talk. Which is you know, Todd doesn't drink, sure. but 
he sits there and gets so fucking vicariously fucked up. It's just <laughs> humorous as fuck to me. Like, <laughs> like I'll say, like I responded to him that whole. Uh, you know, Kentucky dick spiders thing. When I woke up the next morning and realized we encouraged people to like send us their logos, I was like, yeah. what have we done? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think no. all we got is Mike Clark. Yeah, thank really? God. Thank you, Mike. But that's yeah. awesome. Mike, like, yeah. I was going to say rose to the challenge and then, and then I went ahead and took it. Yeah, my, Mike Clark took the Kentucky dick spider and turned it into a whip from a widow into a widower we can just say that oh that was well that was well said good turn of phrase there <laughs> he gave it a dick <laughs> see i always feel like when you when when like i read your poetry it's like you'll say something in this like beautiful way and i that's how i would say like he gave it a dick <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, in real life, I say both things more often than the dick part. <laughs> I, just still, I just remember my brother asking me, like, in all seriousness, not trying to be an asshole. He's like, do you, do you know what symbolism is? <laughs> <laughs> now, you, sh- you should show your uh, brother, like, all the books you've done and be like, yeah, I think I do. Well, I know what symbolism is. It's this thing I do with my middle fingers on <laughs> How are those for fucking symbols, buddy? <laughs> he had really good reason to ask yeah. that. He asked me to write a song. It was utterly just like, uh, yeah, it was bad. Yep. 100% <laughs> without metaphor. None at all. None at all. See, I'm, I'm glad you said that, Laurel, because, yeah, I, I tried my hand at that, too. Like, oh, yeah, let me write the song lyrics. And you know what ended up happening to those? I stuck them in the kitchen sink and set them on fire because they were just straight. Wow. You know what, though? David, uh, David Byrne is surprisingly good at writing music without metaphor. So. <laughs> well. Uh, you know, more power to him. I can't. <laughs> yeah i have, I can't I have, write, I have I can't an editor write songs, period <laughs> i have an i have an editor just to keep me from using fucking adverbs <laughs> sorry about that <laughs> no please <laughs> i was more horror like i had laura look at this poem and she was she was kind but she made several different suggestions very very good ones and then i come down to this one where the comment is i really hate adverbs what fucking adverb ah <laughs> <laughs> i hate adverbs too and it took me three days to edit that thing because i was so pissed about the adverb <laughs> <laughs> so yeah uh good times but uh do you guys uh have anything more to add? I'm looking at our clock and realizing that uh, oh God, it's it going to turn back into a pump here pretty soon. <laughs> yeah, right. I can't like I'm weirdly tempted to like record the intro to that to what I I really want to do the segment of Shane's unfuck that. Oh right. Um, yeah, we need the intro to it. Do we have an intro? Uh, it's a Christmas song. Oh. How come I don't know about the Christmas song intro? Me, you do. Me either. Wait, I'm, wait, I'm, I'm so do. confused. I do. It's I do the, yeah, that. it's the, yeah. 
the theme song. I'll have to find those words back now. Because <laughs> now I remember. <laughs> I, I made myself laugh. <laughs> I think it was just... Uh, no, I'm not going to sing. You oh, sing. On, oh, on. man. We, we almost had to the tune of wood. <laughs> to the tune I'll, of wood. I'll, I'll do it, but, you, but then just cut it out later. Or don't make fun of me. Okay, here you okay. go. Here's your intro. Okay. Though it's been said many times, many ways, go on, fuck that, love Shane. <laughs> There's no way no. I'm cutting that, and you have yeah. a great voice. So that's there. what I was oh, gonna you say. That. You have to cut that. That's terrible. Oh man, no, that that <laughs> was so perfect. Like, <laughs> like we were laughing, but it wasn't because of your singing. It was just like the song content. <laughs> You know what, we need to we need to collaborate and finish that song and I'll do a fucking duet with you. Oh, okay. I'm in. Yeah. Okay. I've been trying to get you to sing on air for like a year. So yeah, that we'll take that offline though. You people don't have to suffer through that. <laughs> until 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 we're done. Yep. If we do a do if we do a duet, you're gonna hear it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, we apologize in advance. <laughs> It'll probably be our intro song now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I do. I derailed our our sign off. <laughs> that uh, is a pretty good note to end on, and uh, get back to what fucked up lives we all have. Um, For sure. Actually, though, we have pretty good lives. We've got each other. So. This is true. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, everybody in this community has largely been here for each other through all the bullshit we've been through and come out to be even more for each other in many ways than they really ever have before in this community. So, you know, good, good things come from bad things, just like good friends come from strange fucking places, you know. <laughs> Very true. Well, yeah. uh, I love you guys, and I will let you go. And thank you to anyone who stuck around this long. <laughs> yep, thanks, love you, guys. too. You guys have a good night. <laughs> Peace. You, too. See ya. Bye. <laughs> Is somebody going to hang the fucking thing? <laughs> <laughs>